What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Dan Beyer, what are you drinking? A nice glass of water with multiple ice cubes in a uh, recycled Starbucks cup. That's very specific. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> so delicious. A lot of people I talk to drink water. Amazing. I'm on a I'm on a little bit of a health kick for the last 12 hours. So this weekend was awful. It was truly awful. And so it's trying to trying to straighten it up tonight. Usually my vice is the old Mountain Dew, but I bought a 12 pack yesterday just to see how long I could make it last. Hopefully I don't throw out the cardboard box in the next garbage pickup, which is like five days away. You know what I I've done? Um, I, I when I when I want soda, I want the do. I want to do the do. Yeah, so, gotta yeah. do the do. Buy those little seven and a half ounce cans. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, just a little do. A little do will do you. You know, just enough to get that taste. I don't want to chug twenty ounces and get gut rot. Here's the thing that I, as a do lover, and I hope that you can appreciate this and understand where us do lovers come from is when anybody wants to rip on soda, they always say Mountain Dew. Not as a bad, but what's bad for you. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody ever says, like, oh, you're going to go just chug a two liter of Pepsi or Coke. No, they never say that. They always say, why don't you go chug a two liter of Mountain Dew? <laughs> like, screw you. Like, Mountain Dew is good. Like, I would love to chug a two liter of Mountain Dew. But otherwise, Coke and Pepsi are like, off limits. You know, or everybody drinks Diet Coke, but you can't say it. So I just think Dew gets a bad rap. Yeah. I don't know. I love do. I love do. I just I love, love it do in small too. doses. That's all. I just like, and then I, I like to try to keep them as long as I can, as like what you were saying, like, how long can I make this 12 pack of eight ounce cans last? Sometimes you I just need the taste, right? You yeah. Just that's the all taste. You need. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need the whole can of the whole 20 ounce bottle here. You know what, what I'm drinking? drinking? This is What's how I that? know I'm old. I'm drinking a probiotic. <laughs> <laughs> For gut health. I, I wondered know. why I'm like, do you have milk in like a plastic bottle? Like I wouldn't no, even know like how that it's mango. It's actually it's really delicious stuff. It's not I bad. really I really do enjoy it. Um, all right. Well, this has gotten off to a great start. Welcome into the John Cast podcast. You can help support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Just check out the podcast description. We got the link at the at the end there and at the link of the uh, episode description as well. And uh, I've got a sponsor starting next week. Uh, I told people that I would say a little bit more about it to tease it. So it's a thank you, right? I'm going to do a thank you for the listeners. Um, uh, let's just say you won't go hungry if you're a listener to this podcast. A little hint. How about that? Huh? Is there a reason why it starts next week? It times up well with what we we're trying to do, trying to finish off all the dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. I'm the last unsponsored guest. Yeah. The last unsponsored guest, but you know, I don't know, maybe if you, uh, maybe you can be on again. I mean, if I ever get another sponsorship after this one, we'll see if I'm Stop. able to, yeah. to do that. I'm excited for it. It's going to be really fun. It's when I started this, this podcast, well, before I started the podcast, I just wanted to do something fun, something just cool. And like, I'm going to say too much. I don't want to say too much more without giving stuff away, <laughs> without giving too much away. Hint, hint. Huh? Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. I, but anyway, I, I have like, an idea on what it is. What is it? What is What's your guess? I'll tell you after the episode. No, you actually already told me. Sorry. Oh, did I tell it. you already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I've I've told a couple of people already. That's all right. That's, That's all right. right. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it then. DB. I won't. I won't. Just Sorry about that. That's the voice of Dan Beyer. He's from Fox Sports Radio, previously of WTSO Radio in Madison, Wisconsin. Where else have you worked? I worked in Baraboo and I worked in Portage prior to Madison. Ooh. But otherwise, that's been that's been it. Yeah, I worked at I worked at a for a month. I worked at a radio station in Portage, and then I left 
for uh, greener pastures over in Baraboo, worked there for about a year, a little over a year. It wasn't a year and a half, but it's maybe like a, a year and a quarter and then came to Madison and it's where I met you and for the last 16 years have been out here in Southern California. Yeah. And what's weird about that is we crossed over. I got there in November of 2004. And when did you leave? Mm-hmm. Uh, May of 2005. Yeah. Very short period of time. Yes. Yes. And you, I remember, produced my, I did Badger Countdown and did the Badger postgame show for basketball. Mm-hmm. And so I remember you were my, uh, you uh, helped me out with that. I didn't want to say you were my producer for those shows, but that was one of the first things that I think you probably worked on with, when you were there. And uh, yeah, a bond that has lasted this long. Yes. Yes. I remember, I actually remember driving into Madison from lacrosse, like, I think I had moved a week early or something like that. I moved everything or had help moving everything into my apartment. I must've gone back to lacrosse because I remember driving back. And the first time I, I heard Dan Byer was on the radio station, driving back to Madison, you know, my first time actually going to go stay back in Madison. And you were doing the pregame mm-hmm. for like some Maryland. I bet you we could find the date. If we went back to November, I'm pretty sure it was Maryland and Wisconsin, November, 2004. And we're like, yeah, wow, probably was. Yeah, I get to work with this guy. Cool. I know it would have been Maryland. Big oh, Ten challenge. No, oh, it was. Yeah. It was ACC Big Ten challenge back then. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause I remember I had to do, I would do pregame, pregame interviews. And the, and the great thing was, was I would call these schools and I, you know, I would just say for the Badger basketball pregame show, not that it was Matt and Mike's pregame show on the network. It was just the local, but I would just say it's Badger pregame. And, you know, they, you know, they were more than willing to provide their coaches for pregame interviews and big 10 different because there were conference calls. You weren't getting big 10 coaches on, but all the non-conference ones were great. And that Maryland one, I remember that they just set up a time where like me and Gary Williams was the head coach at the time, you know, did the old inside their locker room, you know, sort of thing for about 10 minutes. And there are a few of those situations. Fran McCaffrey actually, you know, who obviously was at Iowa. He was at UNC uh, Greensboro, I, I believe, when they came to Madison once. And so did a sit down uh, with him there. But, but yeah, it was, it was the ACC Big Ten challenge. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember that. They, they were not conference foes back then. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the good old days in Madison, but I also want to get a national perspective on something that everybody in the state of Wisconsin, when I go click on Twitter, or if I happen to to turn on the old radio every once in a while, I will hear a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk. Were you surprised that the Aaron Rodgers storyline kind of, I was kind of surprised that, well, maybe not really, but that it got such a big national following, not that it was going to be nationally with sports, you know, Sports Center and Fox Sports Radio and all things like that, but that like SNL and all these other outlets just piled on to Aaron Rodgers. I was surprised that there was an SNL skit from it, not because of the quick turnaround, because it happened on a what Friday and then it's Saturday night, but that it did reach that far. That I was surprised about. When you talk about what's the what are the biggest topics that people have talked about over the last eighteen months, uh, there is no doubt that it is it is Bethan throw in one of the star athletes that everybody is talking the nation on platform. Yeah, those forces when they when they combine, it makes what we had. So I was I wasn't surprised in that aspect. I was surprised that SNL did a spoof on it that it went that far, but not for national radio because that's what that's what this stuff is made for. Yeah. Did you see the rumors that he was in L.A. too? And then his his lady friend dismissed those yeah. rumors right away, saying his hands were yeah. hairy yeah. enough and his shoes were too small or something like that. It's gotten crazy. It's getting crazy. Like people are like snapping photos like, I think I see Rogers. <laughs> There's, I have a true story. Can I tell you? It's, it has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. It does have to do with A-Rod. So I was at work one day. And we have a whole food set's about a block away from our studios. And so I walked over to get some lunch. And before you think I was getting anything that was healthy, I was buying baked barbecue potato chips because Whole Foods is the only place I could find them. It's one ten in the afternoon. I'm like, 
that's Alex Rodriguez. This is when he was playing. Like, what the heck is Alex Rodriguez doing? Like, if the Yankees were in town, they wouldn't be playing the Dodgers right now. Like, we'd be talking about that. And they're in, they're not in Anaheim. They were in Oakland. They were in Oakland. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. There was seven o'clock pitch that night. So six hours prior to first pitch, A Rod is at a Whole Foods in LA. And so I go back to the studio and I tell him, I go, A Rod, I go, if he goes over three tonight, you know, with three K's, this is why I just saw him over at the Whole Foods. A Rod homered in his first at bat, and then the A's walked him three consecutive times after that. The game was in Oakland. So he just, he flew, he took a private airport, flew, and then went to, to Oakland and uh, hitting a home run. But so the point is, the reason I told that lame story, John, was because it's not that far out of the realm of possibility that you would see Aaron Rodgers in L.A. For as crazy as it might seem, and considering what he was saying, I, mean, I don't know if people were like, well, maybe the guy doesn't have any regard for COVID and just, you know, or took a private plane and just flew out and was like, well, if I got to sit somewhere, I might as well be in L.A. It, it isn't that far out of the, the realm of possibility for some of the stuff that, that I've seen. But yeah, it is a bit far fetched. Yeah, I, you're, you you know you make a good point, right? Like he could he could have gotten to Los Angeles. He's a Cali kid. He could have been out there and and not around the team. But yeah, I thought that was just I don't know. I thought that was f- kind of funny. Were you like, were you one of the people that were peeved at at Rogers because he lied to everybody? Yeah, I think I thought it was complete BS that he put it on the media. I I, I just I mean I. I I, I think that's I think that's garbage. And plus, I think I think like the Green Bay media is really good. Like I think that the, the people who cover the Packers are really good. It's not meant to be, uh, you know, disrespectful to to any other teams. But I think that John, that there's this thought that the only press that goes after teams are in New York or like in Philadelphia, you know, or maybe DC or Chicago. Like I mean, LA. There's you know there are reporters out here that will press. So I'm not trying to say that they aren't, but. I think some people thought like, oh, Green Bay reporters didn't do anything. And that's total garbage. It's total BS. And it's not true. I just don't like how he turned it around. How, what are you supposed to like? How are you supposed to press, you know, for more questions or follow ups? I don't I just I didn't understand that at all. And so as someone in the media, I, I just I thought that that was Bush League. And he was misleading. Like what he said was misleading. Pete Doherty was on the podcast earlier this week and he said, you know, when Roger's first words that he said were, yeah, like, are you vaccinated? And he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, and then he immunized. Im- How do you say that? Im- yeah. Immunized. Immunized. I, I was, had trouble uh, with it too. <laughs> it's a tricky word. Um, so that's what he said. And so Pete's point was no matter what you say after that, you've already, you've already said yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like now yeah. you're, you said yes. Now you're trying to be sneaky about it after that. I, he was, he was actually sneaky on Tuesday when he spoke with McAfee again, mm-hmm. a different tone, completely different tone from what he had uh, last Friday. But again, like there is, like he never apologized. And I don't think, I don't, I don't think that he has to apologize, but I think people were believing that he was apologizing and he was using different words like, I acknowledge that you may have taken my words. And I even said this, this on the air on the network. It's like, I've been married four and a half years. And if there's anything I've learned in the last four and a half years or the almost 10 years I've, I've been with my now wife is that I've learned how to apologize. Mm-hmm. And you say sorry, or you say, I apologize for what I've done or what uh, you know, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm not saying that he owes an apology, but he again went to the word game and then he said he's not going to address it anymore after that interview. Well, you have to address it when you come back and end up playing. And get, like in week 14, it may not be a conversation that you want to have, but your first time back, meeting face to face with all the people that you called out for not doing their jobs correctly, you darn well better believe that you're going to be asked about it. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be asked about it and you're right. And that's kind of his way of trying to stop the conversation, but I hope reporters in green Bay don't and at least get their quotes or their thoughts on it. By the way, this is what Roger said. I think what you're talking about, 
I acknowledge that I made some comments that people might've felt were misleading to anybody who felt misled by those comments. I take full responsibility. Okay. That's a real, (laughs) you know, that's really easy. Like if, (laughs) if you just, that's not an apology. That's just, just like you just saying something. Yeah. That's you saying like, I, I know what I said. And if you took offense to them, I know that what I said is what I said. Like, baby, like, like what's there, there's, there's, there's no apology, whatever. He's just basically, basically acknowledging, acknowledging. That's what it is. If you think, I acknowledge that I made some comments, not that I'm sorry. I made some, yeah. Like, yeah, I know I did. Like, that's basically what he's saying. Basically confirmed that he said something earlier. Yes, he can confirm. He did say something on Friday. I can confirm. I said something in this as well. And John, like just to, to let you know, yeah, earlier I acknowledge what I said about your probiotic, and I take full responsibility for everything I said about your drink and your plastic cup. That's like, I don't, but that's also kind of like I guess in a sneaky good way. Like I don't know. It's not going to be. It's what is it going to be good enough? I, that's the, you know, that's the, uh, that's the other thing is that if he feels that way, he shouldn't have to apologize. And I think that's what he feels. So just say, I'm sorry you took it that way, but that's how I feel. Or say, that's how I feel. Don't give us again, this mumbo jumbo where I've got to decipher the clues to figure out exactly what you mean. And that's the, that's the frustrating part of it is I don't think he put anything to rest. And in fact, it, he mentioned in the interview saying that he's on the other, so, other side of this COVID thing. So then he had symptoms. He had, uh, obviously wasn't feeling well if he's on the other side of it, wouldn't that like phrase. But again, I'm trying to decipher what he says and trying to you know figure out the clues in this word jumble that he's giving us. And I, I don't know if it's a guarantee he's going to play against Seattle. I don't, we don't know. He said he's hopeful to be able to play. It's just, it's still a lot to, a lot to figure out. I will say this for the people that loved him uh, on Friday, they loved him again on Tuesday. And for the people that didn't love what he said on Friday, nothing really changed on Tuesday. Yeah. My, my big thing with this has always been, all right, Kirk cousins. Okay. Aaron Rodgers was it Lamar Jackson too. Okay. Yeah. Fine. You don't want to Carson get- Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yes. Thank you. You guys don't want to get, okay. I can't, I'm not going to be able to convince you. Like I'll just, you know, do my thing. And I understand you got to understand though, if you're not doing that, you know, some of the ramifications that could come with it. And okay. Like, I, I don't know how I'm never going to be able to convince. You're not going to be able to convince everybody. Prior to Rogers speaking on Friday, and there was the clip that came out, so there was some criticism. I was actually surprised, John, at how he wasn't criticized as much as I felt Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, and Carson Wentz were. And we will criticize those quarterbacks on how their ability to throw the football, their decision-making. They are easy targets. Primetime Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, like all of those things. And so when Kirk Cousins has his reason it is, it's just, you know, chum in the water and we go after it. Can you believe what Kirk Cousins? I actually thought Rogers got off pretty, pretty scot free when we found out that he had tested positive outside of the, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been immunized. I'm trying an Aaron Rodgers impression. Okay. I don't know okay. if it's good at all, but, uh, but it's kind of, it's I kind of like soft tone, but, and uh, I don't know if it's nasally as well. I don't do imitations or impressions, but I've tried it. But, until he went on McAfee's show on Friday, I actually thought he got a little bit of a pass than those other quarterbacks did. And then when he just he said what he had to say, then it just became that that lightning that lightning rod of of controversy. I see he got fined. Did you see the fine that came out? Yeah, was like four, fourteen grand, but he was fined for not wearing a mask at a Halloween party. Yeah, which like they that, can was, do. that was. Yeah, I know. But the Packers are the ones who fit, foot the bill. And by the way, the NFL is not innocent in, in any of this because the NFL knew that he was unvaccinated, but they put it on the team to enforce it. So only until Aaron Rodgers tests positive and this brouhaha comes out 
does the NFL say, all right, you're getting docked because you didn't follow protocols? Mm-hmm. Well, if you didn't follow protocols at these press conferences, the NFL has known about them. The NFL has seen them do on-field interviews after games without masks on and or meeting with the media. The NFL didn't do anything about it for the first eight weeks because they put the, and I'm using air quotes on a podcast that's audio only, <laughs> that uh, you know they put the onus on the team to do something. Well, so they just what? Just waited for Green Bay, or waited, you know, or, or waited for this to blow up like it has, and then we're gonna find the Packers. Like, it's you know, we all have our beliefs, but it's just I don't, I don't think that the NFL even handled this the correct way. Mm. Yeah, well, hopefully we can just stop talking about it soon. God, it's just crazy how these things catch fire. I feel like it's just we're just kind of waiting, DB, for the next. There's something else that's gonna come along, and then it's gonna flame those. Uh, fan those flames and then the Aaron Rodgers stuff will be long forgotten about and just be the history of Google searches. Yes. I, th- I actually think if he, if he plays against the Seahawks, I actually think this goes away by week 11. And if he ends up not playing, uh, then I think it lasts, but there's, there's no way like two games after he returns, there's no way that you can still be talking about this. It's just, it's, you know, it's going to move on. I mean, there's, there's so many things in the news cycle that we think are going to last so long and they just die down. Plus, I don't think anybody wants to still be talking about this three weeks from now, no. to your point. Yeah, I'm already sick of it. It's a week. Oh, Not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I want to ask you about your fantasy football podcast. I want to give you a little promo on that because guess oh, what? Thank you. Guess what? This is the What's first that? time since I'm estimating um damian fox brian thompson could tim classen can correct me if they're listening i think since like 1994 i think is when like one of the first fantasy football games i ever played happened that was in Mm -hmm. high school for me and this is the first year since 1994 i haven't done any fantasy wow yeah why um i don't know i got let go on july 29th and then i just never that nobody at work ever formed a team. Um, some of my other leagues have been in just kind of gone away. I was in a hundred dollar league that I just kept throwing a hundred bucks away every year. I'm okay with it. It's different. I can't, I, I would, I can't imagine a life like that. <laughs> I, our, the league that I'm in with my buddies, we've been doing, this is our 24th year. And I, I, I just, I can't imagine in NFL Sunday without watching. That's actually what made week 17 so awful was there were no fantasy. Like our leagues would end in week 16, obviously this year, extra, extra week. But I'd be like, man, there's no fantasy to follow. This is garbage to do that for a whole season. I I thought you'd maybe you'd have all the time in the world on your hands and you could do super draft prep and end up uh, diving in like, Adios has got all these magnificent teams that are just unstoppable, but I guess that's not the case. No, um, no. So then you have no reason to listen to the podcast. It's okay. Just, <laughs> just okay. I appreciate you not listening. But I, if I were into fantasy football, there's one podcast I know I'd be listening to. <laughs> that, oh, I, I, I did actually listen that. to a little bit of it today. You can get that anywhere you get podcasts. Tell me about tell me about that podcast. How's that? How's so, that going? Is, so, are you, is it helping your teams? You know, and I think I do worse actually with it, which I know is not a great uh, a great uh, what would you say a, a great uh, I'm totally blanking endorsement. That's what I'm yes. looking for for the podcast. However, it's a lot of fun, and it, it actually started years back. Mike Harmon, who I do, I want your flex. That's the name of the podcast. Uh, he and I did a fantasy show years back on the network before kickoff of uh, each week's games. We'd have a two-hour show, and Mike had done it years and years prior to me because Mike's our fantasy guy. But I ended up teaming up with him, so we do a two-hour show, nine Eastern, eight Central. You know, up until ten o'clock, and then the Fox TV. Uh, pregame shows would end up taking over. And I actually think we did it when there was only a one hour pregame show. Now there's like two hours because there's two separate shows. But uh, the point being is we moved into the podcast form last year. So this is our second season doing it. We do two two episodes a week. It's a like a Tuesday morning recap. You take a look back at the weekend, get your waiver set up. And then we do one on uh, that launches on Friday morning 
kind of get you set for your lineups and who you might want to play, who you might want to sit. But it's all the great thing about it is it's all stuff I'd be looking up anyway. And so to be able to do it and broadcast and Mike is uh, one of the, the best of the business. So to do it with him, it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah, it actually started out as a show. And then we just moved, moved it over into the podcast form uh, last year. It's crazy. I've paid less attention to football this year. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the Packers and actually, OK, that, that could be kind of a lie. I watch a lot more Sunday night and Monday night football, but Sundays um, I'm always busy, DB, and I have always been busy with yes. volleyball or women's basketball. And so there's all, I mean, women's basketball, there's always a theory, always a check of the schedule when it comes out. And I haven't done it this year to see if they play on Super Bowl Sunday. So, and you haven't checked and it's later this year because the extra week. So now it's more towards mid February. Great. So I believe that, I believe it's, I believe it's February 13th. I believe that's the Super Bowl Sunday this year. The, uh, I do have a theory, though, in why you may not be as involved. Let's hear it. Do you want to, do you want to hear this theory? Yeah. I think all of us as sports fans, and I would I would guess, and John, I guess, John, you're you're a well-rounded guy, and I know you made many connections, but I would think a majority of the people that listen to this podcast know you from the radio, know you from sports, and love sports. And when you're a kid, you have favorite teams in every sport there is, because that's what you do as a kid. You, you, you know, you have a favorite uh, NBA team, favorite NFL team, favorite baseball team, favorite college football team, favorite college basketball team, maybe favorite, favorite hockey team. But at some point as you grow older, some of us fall by the wayside a little bit. Like, I don't understand, like, the adult that is a diehard of five, like, teams. That, like, I, I can't fathom that. In, in my career of sports, you know, like, it's, it's what it is. Like, I can't, I can't sit there and, and fathom, like, why you would live and die out here in L.A., with the Lakers and Dodgers, but then also throw in the LA Kings, throw in USC football, and then, you know, throw in the Rams. Like, like that's a lot on your plate, especially when NBA season's eight or nine months long. Baseball's just as long. Like, that's just a lot to put. And so I think at time you get older and stuff, some stuff just kind of naturally falls to the wayside. And you keep the stuff that you really love or you're really important. And it may only be one sport. It may not be any, it may be two, but there's no way that like you're passionate about five sports like you were when you were, you know, 13, 14 or 15 or whatever. Yeah, that's true. And I've, I've gotten, as you get older too, I think you get used to uh, like Sunday night football telling you what's important or Monday night football saying, here's, here's the game and here are the Mannings or the NBA and TNT. You should watch John Morant or Steph Curry, you know, like then you kind of get into that production because it's once, you know, once a week or whatever you'll, Tune into Sunday Night Football or maybe one NBA game on TNT a week. Here's something that I that I've realized too in in broadcast of I would buy the NBA Game Pass because you want to know like you want to know about teams you want to be able to talk about teams and see teams. That's a pretty big commitment, you know, to be watching NBA basketball at home four hours a night every night to be able to talk about it. What I've realized to your point about Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, it's a lot of the national shows and maybe even the local shows are just talking about the game that was on TNT or on NBC. They're not breaking down what happened in the Thunder Pelicans game that was on, you know, Bally Sports New Orleans. Like, nobody's talking about that. They're only talking about, like, the, the, like the main game. And, and, and that's why, like, there, there's so many hot takes on Monday morning and Tuesday morning because of that standalone game. And so that's what everybody's talking about. You know, Monday they'll be talking about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because they play the Raiders on Sunday night. The Monday night game is Rams and Niners, and there'll be probably Kyle Shanahan or Matthew Stafford talk the day after. That's that's kind of what it's all ended up breaking down to be. You talked about uh, how we each had like a team growing up. So your teams, the Buckeyes. Yes. Right? Ohio State yes. and the Seahawks in the NFL and mm-hmm. also the Packers. But you got to tell me why, why, why are these other outliers? Why is a guy from Wisconsin cheering for the Seahawks and then Ohio state? Yeah. So the Seahawks thing, and I've never, I, I, I remember watching, we'd go over to my aunt's house and watch Packer games at noon. And this is, you know, the 80, 88, 89, you know, Randy Wright days in the mid to late eighties. Those were the, those were and when the Packers won, it was a big deal, but I was still always a Seahawks fan 
because Dave Craig, the Seahawks quarterback, is from Wisconsin and actually went to high school near my hometown of Merrill. He went to D.C. Everest and Schofield, and his dad knew my mom because my mom was a clerk of court in our county. His dad was a state trooper. As a state trooper, he would bring in tickets to her office, and so she would. So she knew his dad, knew that I was a seven year, you know, I was seven years old at the time. I got to meet the Seahawks in 1984 when they played the Packers down in Milwaukee at County Stadium. So you have a picture of me and Dave Craig, me and Jim Zorn in, in one of the pictures. Uh, I didn't get a picture with Frank O'Harris, but he was on the Seahawks uh, at that time for the, for that season. But so when I was seven years old, and when when a guy that you know is the starting quarterback in, in the year before they went to the AFC title game, lost to the LA Raiders in that championship game, but that's going to be your team. So it ended up just I grew up a Seahawks fan for that reason, and then it's always it's always stayed. Now they're they're popular, but even before Pete Carroll, like Super Bowl forty, I was at in Detroit uh, when they played the Steelers. Like there were no the twelves have always been there, but it's not like it was now. Um, but yeah, so that's how I became a Seahawks fan. So it's been long before, and I've liked the Buckeyes since. I don't know why, John. They were probably on TV a lot, but I also think it's because my last name was similar to Keith Byers, of uh, the, the Ohio State running back in the mid '80s. So I can tell you all about mid '80s Ohio State football, even when I was nine and ten. I have a Citrus Bowl against BYU on videotape. Game was like ten to seven, but Ohio State won. I, I mean. I've watched Hall of Fame games when they lost to Auburn. They lost to Liberty Bowl to Air Force. I remember all these things because they were my team, and I just just never changed. Never just loyal that way. That's and and you also have like mini helmet collections. See, I collect sports cards, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of weird. But you collect mini helmets, and I know when we got on Zoom here, we've shut off the Zoom here because it's just a better connection. But when you first got on the camera. You got like you got all these little mini helmets displayed. What's going on there? Yeah, I tried to collect. I, it's actually started in college when I, I went to UW. By the way, I went to Wisconsin. So even so, even my allegiance for the Buckeyes, which throws people off completely, uh, people out here don't understand it. But at least my friends back home will always know me as a Buckeye fan. But it started in college. We collect. Me and my buddy collected college helmets. Well, then Oregon ruined the freaking game by changing their helmet every week, and it was impossible to collect. Like there was just no way that you were ever going to keep up. It was, you were, you were digging in quicksand. So I thought, you know what I love? I love the NFL. I love the eighties in the NFL. Let's collect throwback helmets. So I collected all of the NFL teams from the 1980s and then was able to, I got, I had all 28 because there were only 28 teams at that time. Now I'm kind of trying to do expand, get some of the 1990s helmets along with it. So I have about, you know, I don't know about, you know, 50 or 60 helmets uh, set up all mini NFL helmets, but that's where the collection came. Okay. That's how the yeah. mini helmet thing came up. All right. So Dan, we also, you also do this thing. Tell me about the game. The one uh, as easy as one, two, three, four. Well, okay. When, when do you play yeah. this game? And we're going to try to play this right now on the podcast. Cause why? Not? All right, let's, yeah, let's do it. Cause you and I did this when I would join you during uh, pandemic summer uh, on the radio. I would join you and we would play this game. This is a game that actually I play with my Sunday co-host on Fox Sports Radio, George Reister. George spent six years in the NFL as a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And right now we're doing red zone radio. So it's just all NFL. So the game is on hiatus. But once the the NFL regular season stops, we'll do we do the game and we play it every 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 Sunday at 5.30 Eastern time, we play this game, and it's called Easy as One, Two, Three, Four. I just have four topics that I give to George, and he's just got to give me some of the answers to the question that I'm asking, and the goal is to get 10. So, for example, I'm going to ask you, John, give me one of two, and I'll give you a topic, and all you have to do is just give me one of the right answers, and you get a point for it. Then I'll say, hey, John, give me two of three, and you'll have to give me another, you know, you'll give me two answers, and if you get both of them right, you get two points. The goal is to get 10. That's a perfect score. I don't want all of the answers, correct answers. I just want some of them. So are you ready to play? Yeah. And then are you ready to play for my questions too? Yeah. Oh, you made up some of questions from this game as well? Yes, for you. All right. Okay. All okay, right. Okay. So you yeah, go first. So so I don't screw it up going out okay. of order. All right. Whatever. Sure. So John, give me one of two of the last Big Ten teams to make the final four. The two most recent teams to make the final four from the big 10. 
I want one of them. Uh, it's because college basketball started this week. Was it was it Michigan State? That is correct. That would be one of them. 2019, they lost to Texas Tech. Of course, there was no Final Four in 2020. Michigan would have been the other one when they lost to Villanova in the title game in 2018. So you got one point, so you are off and running. John, give me two of the three teams in the NFC that haven't won a division title since 2015. So there are 13 teams in the NFC that have won division titles since 2015. Three of them have not, or three teams haven't. I need two of the not won a division title. Yep. In the NFC. Can I bring up a list of NFC teams? Yeah, you can, you can workshop it out loud. That's absolutely fine. I'm not going to give you, I I will need a final answer at some point. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let's type in. Okay. That have not won a division title since 2015. My gosh. How do you come? How do you even find these statistics? But, but think about this. So you only have 16 teams, right? So you can't even then just have to go process of elimination. Okay, Lions. Right? That's, that's how you, okay, that's a good answer. So Lions could be one of your answers. That's one answer. You got another one? All right. I'll write down Lions. And I need two? Yep, two of three. Um, let's see here. Oh, man. Uh, I need help. Um, can I phone a friend? Um, you know, it's funny because we do allow help from our crew. Uh, when George gets stumped. So the anchor will jump in. Iowa Sam, our technical producer. Yeah, Ryan Bershing, our executive producer, would chime in and try to help along. Okay, hold on. Okay, I, I, I don't need help. Um, okay, I got the list. Um, okay. <laughs> you found it? Are you cheating? Um, uh, no, I got the list of teams. <laughs> okay. okay. Hey, I was going to say, I don't know how kindly your sponsor would think about this. Oh, you were uh, cheating in the game. Washington football team. Okay. All right. Those are your final two answers? Yeah. All right. Lions, bingo. Nailed it. Lions have not won the NFC North in the past six years. Washington football team, unfortunately, they won it last year, John, so oh, they could win. You were, oh, come you were, on. You were, you, were, you were correct in the division. New York Giants haven't won it. Last time they won it was 2011. Dang and then the one that I think people forget is the Buccaneers didn't win the division last year. So it's been a long time since Tampa Bay has won the NFC South because of the Saints' dominance. Saints won it last year, so it's actually the Lions, Buccaneers, and Giants. So you get one point there. That'd be two points. You'd have two out of three. Uh, I know you came from uh, Minnesota. I know you're a Vikings fan. I don't know if the Vikings have fallen by the wayside, Uh, but I do know as of a couple years ago you were still a Vikings fan. Name three of the four head coaches with the most wins in Vikings history. Okay, three of the four head coaches, most wins, Vikings history. I'm going to go with Danny Green. Okay. Wait, how many do I need? Three. three? Dang it. Um, Bud Grant. Okay. I think you got to go Bud Grant. And who would be the third? Oh, man, I wish I could workshop. Um. It's not Jerry. Well, he went into the Hall of Fame or the uh, I'll go with Jerry Burns. Okay. All right. Those are your final answers. Yeah, why not? Bud Grant works. He's number one on the list. 158 wins. There's one point for you. Denny Green works. 97 wins. He's number two on the list. So that works. And Jerry Burns, 52 wins. Fourth on the list. John, you got three points there. You got all three. The other answer that was acceptable was Mike Zimmer. 67 wins. Third all-time for the Minnesota Vikings, Brad Childress on the outside looking in of that question uh, with 39 victories. But when you consider Bud Grant's tenure with the Vikings and being as long as it was, there wasn't a lot of room for other guys to go in. So you knew the names. And I wasn't going to throw you any extreme curveballs because I'm going to leave this curveball for the uh, for the last question. Oh, no, don't this? do baseball. I'm going to suck at baseball. <laughs> Okay, four of the five current members of the Big Ten that have remained in the conference uninterrupted since 1896. So there are five schools that have been in the Big Ten or the conference that they started that ended up being the Big Ten in 1896. Who are the five schools still in the conference that have been there since that point, uninterrupted? It's a very important word in all this. As I say them... as I say them, will you say yes or no, or do I have to just give them all to you at once? 
I'd like you to give them all to me at okay. once, but it is your podcast, so I could adjust no. if you want. No, we'll okay. play your, you'll play by your rules. Perfect. Michigan. Okay. Ohio State. Okay. Minnesota. <laughs> and, um, um, geez, is, uh, Wisconsin is playing this in is, the 1800s. By the way, this Wisconsin, your answer. Yeah, sure. Why not? This, this, this I hope can be used on a broadcast in a pregame show. It would, if you go to, uh, you know, maybe possibly to a game and you could use this stat. All right, John. Usually we would do this in revealing, and I give you a bell. I'll tell you what, Minnesota, correct, on the head. Minnesota was one of the five uh, current members of the Big Ten that remained in the conference uninterrupted since 1896. Wisconsin, another one of those schools. Wisconsin amongst them. Michigan, nope. They got kicked, they got kicked out for about 10 years because they wouldn't follow the rules of the conference. So Michigan's, while they started in 1896, actually were taken out of what was then not the Big Ten, but it was a different conference, and then they rejoined later. And Ohio State didn't join until the uh, 1900s. The other schools that would have worked, Illinois, Purdue, and Northwestern. Oh, I wanted to say Northwestern. But, John, you got a respectable score of seven. Seven out of ten in our easiest one, two, three, four. And I tried to make it timely, uh, except for the ones about the uh, 1800s. Um, but at least that at least tied into the Big Ten and what we, uh, you know, what we talk about. Okay, that's not bad. I like that. I think I did that's right. That's pretty Are, good. You ready for your yeah. game? Yes, let's hear it. I need one of two, right? Am I doing this right? Okay. If not, yes. just go with it because we're making stuff up. That's fine. <clears throat> I need one of two of the all-time home run leaders in Major League Baseball history. Top two. All right. So I would say... Barry Bonds. There you go. Okay. I wanted to start you off real easy. That's one point. I wanted to give you a layup. Ease me in. Ease me in. All right. All right. Next one. Let me find the right. Uh, Two of three, two of the top three career passing yards leaders in NFL history. Okay. I'm going to go Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Number one and number two, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Peyton Manning third followed closely by Brett Favre, but he's not going to get any more. Um, neither will Manning. All right. Who knows? Three of four 1990 men's college basketball champions. Three of four. Uh, there's so there's 10 of them, but you got to pick three. I guess I, I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> three of 10. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. You, pick three winners from the 1990s in I, the NCAA men's can, basketball. Can I, can I try to peacock a little? Can I try to, can I try to strut? I'm not well, cheating. Okay. okay. UNLV 1990. Okay. You ready? Hold on. I got to find it. Okay. Got it. Okay. UNLV 1990, Duke 1991, Duke 1992, North Carolina 1993, Arkansas 94, UCLA 95, Kentucky 96, Arizona 97, Kentucky 98, and who won it in 1999? UConn. UConn won it in 99. Oh my gosh. You just made my, my, I thought I was trying to get tougher and you just got like 10 of 10. <laughs> That's, here's the thing. If you would have done the 2000s, I probably would have been screwed. But again, oh. 1990s, that's my, when I grew up, when again, when you love all sports and you remember everything when you're 15 years old. Yeah, that's, that's around that time. Okay. Final then four of the top five in NBA history. For games played. Oh, games played in NBA history. Oh, geez. Um, okay. I'm going to say Vince Carter is one because he played forever. Um, let's say LeBron. Um, I'm going to try to go for some other uh, maybe – um, I, I'm going to say Dirk Nowitzki and I'm trying to think of guys who were, you know, like had maybe like 18, 19, 20 year careers mm-hmm. and, 
Um, um, geez, this is, should I throw somebody in the eighties? I don't know. Like, like, a, well, you know, it wouldn't be Larry Bird cause he was injured and I'll just quick give you an end. Uh, Mono Ginobili. Mono Ginobili. Okay. <laughs> First answer, Vince Carter. Ding, ding, ding. Number three okay. all time. Okay. Next answer was LeBron. LeBron James. He's twentieth uh, all time entering oh, play. Geez. Yeah, twentieth. Wow. Um, third answer, you said Dirk Nowitzki. Ding ding ding. Yes. He's fourth oh, all time. All right. Okay. That's two. And then your last answer. Who did you say? I, I said Manu Ginobili, but Manu it's Ginobili. not Manu Ginobili. He is no. he is not in the top no. twenty that I can see. He probably wouldn't be in the top fifty. No. Number five, John Stockton. Number four, Dirk. Number three, Vince Carter. Number two, Kareem. And number oh. one, Robert Parrish. Robert. Oh, man. As I said Celtics, I, I probably wouldn't have said Robert Parrish. But I was, I was thinking, I'm like, maybe Kevin McHale. Oh, man. That was in Kareem. That was a bad job by me. Oh, man. Well, when I, but, I, hey. I, the reason I went to games played, I saw something with Carmelo Anthony. Some mm-hmm. something on Twitter, and I was like, "He's been around a long time. I wonder how many games he's played." <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you think about like for for that's what the two thousand three draft class. So it's you know two thousand three, two thousand four season, and here it's the twenty twenty one. The only thing with Carmelo, I guess, maybe where where was he on the list? Uh, he's not on the list, but he, I just okay, saw him. I, it made me think of guys who've played a long time. Yeah, he he. You know, maybe because he, you know, didn't play for a while before like signing, you know, with Portland and Ed. But yeah, gosh, I'm mad that I missed Kareem. Yeah, you screwed and that. And I was close to I was close to Robert Parrish, but I never would have given Robert Parrish as an answer. That's pretty good though. That's a pretty yeah, good not answer. Bad. Not you bad. Know? Yeah. No. Hey. Not too shabby. Before we wrap up this podcast, you were very adamant that you wanted to talk about Madison golf courses. Yes. Are we ranking yes. Madison golf courses before you leave or what's going on? Cause you Ridge is number um, one. Yes. I'm also a big U Ridge fan. I once made, sent a tweet out because they you know, they, they do the golf rankings, whether it's golf or golf digest and, you know, La Sonia gets a lot of love up in, uh, up in green Lake. And, you know, and U Ridge is like, Maybe in like eighth or when they do like the best in the state, you know, maybe around that, you know, eight to 12 sort of range. And I love you Ridge as well. And I made a tweet like I'd play you Ridge 99 or a hundred times out of a hundred, you know, against La Sonia and all these like gar- golf course aficionados are just coming after me and be like, awful take, you're stupid, <laughs> you know, but you, you love what you love. Right. You know, like, and, and that's like the great thing about university Ridge. And it just, you know, like, like four is just like the most difficult hole in the world, but you still would love to play it every single day. I still have no idea. I, you know, I would, I would come back and you and I would tee it up there. And I've played when I was 20 bucks when I was a student in college and going out there. And I still have no idea on really exactly where to drive the ball on that hole. Plus, you know, half of it's link style, half of it's in the woods. Like it's amazing. Like I just, I, I love university Ridge and, you know, I've spent so many uh, summer nights, whether it be driving out to Yahara and smelling the dump when the wind is that way. And, nice. you know, as bad as, as bad as it could be, there's still nothing like walking up the ninth hole at sunset drenched after a, you know, a quick nine at eight forty five. It's something that I really miss about the old, uh, the old summer days, but, uh, but yeah, I love me some U Ridge, maybe like an episode, like 112, like where it's farther down the line and you haven't had me on, we can like rank university ridges holes because Ooh. I think that that could be fun. Yeah, that would be really fun. No, I, I, I like what you said about number four. Like I'll, honestly, all I'm trying to do on number, we're getting really technical on our golf courses here. A lot of people are like, what? I have never played. Just, Ridge. Yeah. Hey, just hit the skip button 30 seconds ahead. That's yeah. all. Then we'll be done with it. That's all you need to do. If you ever do, I, I always try to aim down the left side. And what up, ends up happening is I either then just hook it right into the trees and into the junk, or I I don't hit it left or just left of center, you know, and kind of let it roll back into the middle of the fairway. And I just lose it out to the right. What else was going to say? Oh, um, 
Oh, and you know what I also love about you, Rich? They they give you those really short par fours like near the end of your round to give you some confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like they get you all warmed up. Like if you're ever going to hit the driver straight, perhaps you perhaps you're a player that gets warmed up or whatever. Um, and then if you want to go out feeling good and maybe you, you you know you play those short par fours and you do pretty well, it like makes you feel good. I agree with that. Because that, that because 13 is short and then six or uh, 15 is short. I mean, 14 just straight away, but yeah, 13, 14 and yeah, they're all uh, short 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're doable. My favorite hole is 12 though. It's the, you know, the downhill in the woods like that is, and I know it may be kind of like eight, but it is my, it is my favorite hole. That's, that's for sure. So teaser for episode 112, number 12 will be on top. And number four will be the 18th ranked hole at U Ridge. Yes. There's your yes. teaser. And by the way, number 12, way over number um, number eight, in my opinion. Yes. I, yeah, I would agree with that yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what? Okay. So let's just do a podcast. We'll do Odana and we'll do Yahara. And we'll rank all okay. the holes for them too. And I heard Tumble Down Trails is no longer. It's what? Like Pioneer Point? Is that what it is? Is it? I just knew it wasn't yeah. there. Did they change the name? Yeah, oh. yeah. Like it's not like a it's not like a short course. It's like a thirteen hole par three course. I think I know where you're, the John Cast Podcast <laughs> golf outing is going to be. <laughs> right? Oh man, man! Pleasant View. I never played well at Pleasant View, so it was always an awful view for, for me. Especially leaving the parking lot, it was always bad because I never played well at Pleasant View. And then they there was the one parking time lot. By the way, their parking lot is huge. They redid. They redid their course, and we got messed messed up. Messed up, and all of a sudden we realized we had only played eight holes. Like we went to the wrong tee, and like all of a sudden we're back at the clubhouse. We're like, wait a second here. I think we messed up. We took there was like a, this is when it changed. You know, fifteen years ago, whatever it was, but uh, maybe even more than that. But yeah, I've always a pleasant view, beautiful view, by the way. But uh, awful scores by uh, yours truly. Yeah, they have they have such a pleasant view out there. It's it's really something to behold. All right, Dan yeah. Beyer, thank you for jumping on the podcast, man. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. I anytime, Claudia, and uh, happy to do it. Okay, and uh, maybe you can make one of the sponsored episodes sometime in the future if I can get another one. <laughs> I don't want to be uh, as Ernie Johnson would say, sullied, you know, or uh, unsullied by sponsorships for his neato set of the night. Uh, this, this is unsullied by sponsorships. <laughs> Thank you, DB. Thanks, John. All right. Oh. Recording stopped. <laughs>